Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I am Francine Belay, your host, digital strategist specialized in corporate and personal branding. I am also a speaker and author of the book, Personal Branding in the Digital Age, How to Become a Noon Expert, Thrive and Make a Difference in a Connected World. I am super, super thrilled to bring you inspirational stories, strategies, and practical tips to get more meaning in your life, make more money, and lead a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help you to connect to your true identity, find your unique value, and become a leading voice in your marketplace. Are you finding it difficult to get anything done these days and be productive? Maybe you are unfocused, unorganized and have unproductive days regardless how much you are determined to get things done. I have been working remotely for the last five years and have created two useful tools for you based on my own routine and how the energy flows to avoid being stuck in inertia and get things done easily. So those two tools are the integrated planning map and the daily productivity calendar. When you are using both tools together, you'll get back in flow in no time. So the integrated planning map will actually be able to provide a variety of daily activity that match the natural energy flow to avoid getting stuck in inertia in the first place. With this planning map, you will be able to choose in the five categories, a list of activities to do every day at the right time to be more productive. With the daily productivity calendar, you'll keep in mind your top project for the month, the week output, that you need to achieve to move towards your monthly goals and also your daily priorities. You are going to have all those on a single sheet of paper. You will also access a daily calendar to plan hourly your task and easily block the time you need to accomplish your most important task. So this simple calendar will help you avoid the overwhelm by having in front of you the most important thing you should focus on at any given time. So to access both tools is simple. You go to francinebelay.com slash planner. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash planner. I've recorded this conversation with Joe Formosa, the founder of Health Dynamic before the coronavirus pandemic. This is something that you should know. This conversation sounds like a prophetic one as we all find ourselves confined and forced to work from home. We talked about how to move a very traditional offline model like a health practice online and the transformation that she's seeing with the virtual group program that she's running online. And although there are group programs, everybody following a personalized health program based on their own body type and to boost also their immune system. So because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Joe has actually democratized 
even more her program to enable many people to have access to the health program where they will learn more about the detox, how to detox their body and boost their immune system. So her next 28 days program is coming up on April 13. If you are listening to this episode before the April 13, I really encourage you to go on the website to really find out what um, she's offering. It might be of interest to you. I'll put the exact link of the program in the show note of this episode. So if you are looking for a personalized path to your health with the help of a supportive community of people, check it out. But for now, let's dive in into one of the most fascinating conversation of this Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Today, I have the great, great pleasure to have with us on this podcast, Jo Formosa. She's an Ayurveda expert in Australia, and she's helping people to live in great health every day, and this is her passion. Uh, She's also the founder of Health Dynamics, a personalized path to health that match wealth dynamic profile that I've featured in the past in my series of the podcast and um, to your body type and how you can use that to really um, improve your health and your wealthness. But she also is somebody who likes empowering you to achieve new level of well-being and success in your business. Without further ado, I'm just going to bring you uh, Jo, who is going to tell all about what she's doing now. Hi, Jo. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So lovely to be here with you. Uh, So this is a great pleasure to me. I know how busy you are. (laughs) And I'm extra special. Um, You know, we are very lucky to have Jo today to uh, talk to us. Um, So Jo, tell us in your own words what you currently do and what a day in life with you look like. So I'm an Ayurvedic health practitioner. So my a day in my life, my goodness, what does that look like? So most of the time I'm in clinic um, three times a week. So seeing patients uh, day by day, um, individual clients. And then I also run um, Health Dynamics, which is a global program. So I have clients internationally and we have health programs running also internationally as well. So it's about making sure that we are you know, working towards our vision on a day-to-day basis. That's super. So um, tell me, how did you end up being an Ayurvedic practitioner? And then (laughs) created these health dynamics. (laughs) That's really interesting because I first of all studied remedial massage, which I worked with all the Olympic teams and sporting teams. And then I realized I couldn't use my hands for the rest of my life. So I studied Chinese medicine acupuncture. And then there was just something that didn't quite make sense. I was like, something is missing. And then I saw an Ayurvedic practitioner at a conference one day and he was presenting on Ayurveda at a health conference. And I said, oh my God, you must teach us this. So, and then he then worked with a company to actually teach us and I did a two year program with him and then continued. Um, And then I went on to study like neuro strategies and things like that as well. So linking the mind type and everything like that together. Um, But then health dynamics actually was created when I once went to um, a workshop where Roger Hamilton was speaking at uh, an entrepreneur summit. And he was talking about the Chinese medicine mind types where he links the, the I Ching, which is understanding your mind type 
which is basically how do you be in flow, like naturally. So everybody is born with a different genius. And he was explaining that. And I went up to him in the break. I said, Roger, there is some way you could link the Ayurvedic body types into the mind types. Have you ever tried to do that? He said, no, but I think there's definitely a way. We could call it health dynamics. What do you think? And so then we just talked about it like on stage and asked different people what they thought. And there was this so much attraction that said, yes, we would love you to put something together that linked those two things together. Um, and then that's how Health Dynamics was really born. It was born at that event. And then we actually went to another event in Bali. And Roger said, uh, there was a volcano that hit. And Roger said, why don't you stay and we will sort it out. You can't go anywhere because you can't get out of here. So why don't you stay and we'll create it. We'll have it all done in a week. I said, no, 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 it's not possible to have it all created in a week. Anyway, we created it all in a week. Um, the framework, the structure, obviously there was the doing part of putting it all together, but the main elements were all put, put together because we were actually focused on it for that week. Mm, that is beautiful. And by the way, Roger is uh, Roger Hamilton, who is the uh, creator of Work Dynamics. Uh, so this is a series that I featured um, um, in uh, the previous season uh, when I talk about all the profile and uh, health dynamic is actually um, uh, another dimension or the health version of uh, wealth dynamics right so that is beautiful how actually you can um, get some encounter and then just bring everything together as you did beautifully and in, in a week obviously <laughs> you know you didn't create the whole thing in a week but the structure and the, the model whole concept exactly yeah, yeah. the concept was mm -hmm. in a week so tell me um what job did you want to do <laughs> when you were a kid <laughs> I think this is always funny because I remember when I was a kid and I wanted to be a social worker, like I wanted to help like, you know, families or I wanted to be a private investigator. Ooh. And it was really weird. It's like a detective private investigator. I thought I would be able always to solve the problems, you know, because I'd like to like be intrigued about how did that happen? Why did that happen? And all those types of things. So it sort of went from that. And then, um, and then when I was actually 14 and I ruptured, I hurt my back when I was playing softball and I was being treated by a health practitioner who was um, remedial therapist and he treated me and fixed me. And at that point I went, I want to do what you do. I want to help people um, like how you have helped me and how do I get to learn how to do this? And so I went on to, um, you know, still be treated by him, but then he was one of my lecturers at college when I actually went to study. Mm. So a private investigator, that is almost like <laughs> what you're what you doing at the moment because you're investigating exactly. health, uh, you know, and the beauty is that uh, when I ask this question is that you always find some element of what you wanted to do in the kid, but in a different form, actually. Mm, so the essence totally. is still there. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> so tell me, um, tell me one thing that people don't know about you. Oh my God. Okay. So one thing that is in my um, bio or if you do read it um, and then people always go, Oh my God. Um, at the age of 19, I was a hammer thrower. I was training for the Olympic games. So a lot of people in there say actually like squeeze down and have a look at your bio go, Oh my God, I didn't realize like that. And at that point, um, which was really interesting because I was training, like I was really athletic and really sporty and we're doing a lot of weights. I actually was 95 kilos when mm. I was doing that. So, you know, like I was over, like overweight in the sense of, um, it's quite interesting because I've done my DNA now and I realize in my DNA, it says if you do heavy power 
weight, you will put on fat. So you put um, on fat. Yeah, because in my DNA, it actually oh. says that. And as soon as I do endurance, immediately, like I went from a power sport um, and I hurt my back and I ruptured my disc and I went to cycling and I lost 30 kilos like that from going from power sport to an endurance sport. Uh, massive changes happened for me. So I learned a lot about myself. Um, but yeah, that's a big thing. There's not many hammer throwers around. So it's a bit of a rare um, gift. <laughs> Wow, that's super. So yeah, so uh, you, and I think this is also translating into you very much um, focusing on health and, um, mm. you know, the, the, the way that people actually lose weight because I remember, so, and I'm part of your health dynamic program. Mm. And I remember when, um, you know, usually people think that when they just go and do this very crazy gym um, sport, then they will lose mm. weight. But actually, mm. <laughs> uh, it is the opposite. And this is actually with you that I've learned that when you were talking, you know, nope, nope, you can just go and do some kind of, you know, endurance things that and going to, and I've seen the result myself because, mm. you know, crazy i don't know where this comes from actually where this uh, misconception come from that you have to train crazy and you know do all go those things and it didn't yield any any kind of result at all for myself yeah actually. i i think it's pretty interesting because people have this conception that people have been telling them or personal trainers have told them you have to move more and eat less you know and a lot of our clients in our detoxification programs in our programs realize that your digestion has to work well to lose less, right? To lose because um, you can work, 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 work and push, 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 push and your adrenals can get more and more affected and then your cortisol level goes higher and then your body holds on fat. But if you actually reset the digestive system and get it to work properly, then everything just naturally flows off the body and we actually get the gut really smart. So when the gut is smart, it actually starts teaching you what you should and shouldn't be doing anyway. Mm, yeah, so that's just natural then. Yeah, that's, that's super. <laughs> it goes back so, to when you're a kid, right? When you're a kid, you just, you didn't over-exercise, you just moved. Yeah. Um, and you didn't have to worry about it. So it goes back to that, the normal nature. Yes, that's true. That's uh, really uh, uh, the wisdom is just to go through our own. Uh, yes, definitely. We didn't exercise that much, but we, we did say slim and then the we started to eat those junk food and all those, exactly. you know, unnecessary thing. And then we start to put on weight and then now we go on the crazy trail. We have to lose all this exactly. weight. <laughs> exactly. Crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, tell me, Joe, what would you say is your superpower? <laughs> Oh, you're really asking really nice questions, huh? So um, my superpower, I got, so I think you, you own your superpower from other people, you know, from what other people see about you. So, you know, um, there's a couple of things that my clients say. Um, it's either I'm a sniper. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you'll be talking and talking and talking and then bang, I just go for the chest, which I ask the right questions that really get down to the core about why something is happening in the first place because people are actually having these repeated patterns usually because something is much deeper on an emotional level. So there's that. And the other one is like, I've been known and called as a white witch. <laughs> so, um, you know, like there's this, this power of a, like um, transformational process, which is coming from some sort of other, other sort of um, 
energy that sometimes I don't even know where it comes from. I just tap into the person mm. and see what does that person really need? How do they need to be motivated and to be spoken to in a way that they can see they have the power themselves, you know, because I think that's really important. Um, I really believe that uh, doctors or practitioners aren't practitioners of knowing their trade, like as in knowing their skill set of what herb to give or, you know, what program to give, but it's how to listen to that client. And if you can listen to the client and tap into what they really need and help them and guide them in the way that they need, then that's something that's really quite magical. So I would say that. Wow, that's uh, beautiful. But the problem is that usually now, especially like in the Western medicine and things like that, People don't take the time to listen quick, to quick, anybody. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. You have like five minutes. Five minutes is the maximum that you have at least here in the UK. But I think, and I think you've experienced this and what's really powerful about Ayurveda is putting your hand on the pulse and the pulse tells us in 30 seconds what's going on as well. So yes, we're listening to the client, but we listen directly to the body because mm. the body can tell us. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so beautiful. Um, so I think that everybody <laughs> needs later, you know, to really investigate and, and really understand how our body works because I think that having this understanding is uh, is is key actually. Um, you know, yeah, and then sure. you you get the power back to 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 yourself. <laughs> mm, totally. Yeah. We're okay. going to talk a little bit more about that later. So tell <laughs> me, uh, um, you know, uh, Joe. When actually did you realize who you are and what you're meant to do in life? Mm, okay. <laughs> wow. Um, I think as like a very young uh, person in the sense of when I was more of a teenager, it was quite interesting because we would be at youth groups and different things and, you know, we'd all sit around and I was always massaging someone. I was always touching them. I was always helping them. I was always just feeling with their shoulders or their neck or whatever. And I remember the youth group leader at the time said to me, you're made to do this. You have to go into the natural therapy mm. um, because you naturally just are always trying to help people, you know, and I, I don't even think I even knew consciously I just knew unconsciously because my hands were just doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think probably at that point was, um, and then I didn't really, really know until like, you know, obviously I was there studying and I, I just kept on growing. So I think that's the, that would be the key point. Mm-hmm. When was, when, how old were you? 14? I was nine. Um, at that point I was around the 18, 18, you know, 17, 18 year old mark, you know, when you're finishing school, yeah. you're thinking about what am I going to do? And I was thinking, okay, I was actually going to be, and yeah, this is another point. I was supposed to go to the Navy because my father made all my siblings go to the forces to make mm. sure that we never got into trouble. Right. Mm. Um, that my father was a single parent and he brought us all up by himself. And so he wanted us all to be away to make sure that we're all being taken care of. And so anyway, I was supposed to be, um, I play flute, like, and so I wanted to be a flautist in the Air Force in the concert band. And I remember at that point, I could either choose that or I could actually choose helping people. I'm not Mm. going to follow the same path as my brothers. I went down the different path and there's a reason um, for that. And I think we'll get to that a little bit later on. Mm. No, that's cool. I love that actually. (laughs) So, and then since then you, you, you kind of, almost follow this kind of path actually yeah cool Mm -hmm. so what would you say you have struggled with the most in life Mm, i think the biggest thing is 
Um, like I was saying, my mum and dad split like when I was nine. So my dad was like a single parent and then dad brought us up. So I think that was just a struggle in the sense of at the age of nine, I was like put into responsibility mode. Like I was taking care of the family. I was making sure that everyone was good because I was the only girl. Um, but then at the age of 18, my father was killed in a bad accident at work. And, um, you know, that's where it, my whole sort of life changed in the sense of what am I going to do? Well, I don't need to disappoint dad anymore. I don't need to go to the forces like because yes. he's not alive you know, to disappoint. I can actually go and follow my own path. And that's where it changed the course of my life. Actually, it was a big struggle. Um, but my dad gave me so much strength. It was actually a fairly big blessing because I'm the only person out of my siblings who went and did my own thing and ran my own business. Um, so I was very different to them, you know, mm -hmm. so it was a quite an interesting pathway to take instead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How many siblings do you have? How many of you? Three brothers. Three. Oh, Three okay. brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got to learn how to hold my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, so. Um, uh, on that point, what would you say that was the very low point, perhaps, that you got until you mm -hmm. got any aha moment that changed the course of your life? I know that you know since nineteen you had this kind of uh, mm. intuition or unconscious knowing of, of mm. where you were going to go. But did you reach any kind of low point then, where you say, "Well, okay, now this is." what I'm going to start doing. Or mm. I think the biggest thing yeah. that aha moment would just be back when, you know, when my father was killed and it was like, okay, I'm, I'm on my own. I'm by myself, mm. you know, um, what am I going to do now? Like who's going to guide me? Cause mom and dad were split. So I didn't really have anything to do with my mom. Mm. Um, and so dad was like sort of, you know, everything. Um, and to have that decision to make that decision at that point going, okay, I, I just got to do it, you know, but I remember at that point, um, we had like the school chaplain and the youth group were very strong forces. Um, they sort of just all gathered around me and was quite like my family. Um, and they wouldn't stand for me being any less, you know, so I think it was a low point, but I had really great people around me so that they wouldn't let me go low. Um, they always held me be high, but I think the fact of having to go through that all by myself and going and living in Brisbane, you know, I left Woomba, which was like this little country town, um, being in the big city by myself, um, I had to grow up like mm. really, really fast, you know, so it, it shaped me very quickly. Yeah. 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 Another question I was going to ask is mm. that, you know, um, when you look back now at your childhood, mm. how would you say that it has prepared you to be who you are today <laughs> in addition to, you know, what yeah. you just shared uh, before? Yeah. See, I always really believe that you're shaped for your life journey. So I think it's a really great question that you asked. Uh, because at that point when I had to be responsible, I had to learn to stand on my own two feet, right? And running a business, running a company, um, you know, looking after people. Mm. I think, you know, the type of people that I look after, there's always multiple facets of health issues. Mm. And a lot of them stem back from emotions. So when I've actually gone through some pretty low emotional stuff with, you know, you know, my parents splitting when I was nine and then dad um, being killed in at work and all that sort of stuff and losing a parent very young in my mm -hmm. age. Um, and they're not really growing up with my mom. 
Like to me, when people come in with their issues, I really get where they're coming from. Mm. But I've also resolved them, you know, so they don't become like I'm not a victim or anything like that. But I know how to support them and guide them. And actually, I've even had clients say to me, um, you know, there was one client who was who was being like a victim. She said, nobody mm. understands what it's like when you've lost your parent. I said, really? Mm. Okay, I lost my parent when I was 18. She goes, oh my God, you can't, I can't believe it. So she couldn't put it over me. And I was like, well, you can choose to be this. And I remember someone saying to me, you can choose to be bitter or you can choose to be better. So we've <laughs> always that. got the choice of where we want to go. And I, I definitely think that my childhood made me very strong uh, to be able to handle most of the things in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, actually. The fact that actually now you can recognize those situations and then, you know, when people say, yeah, you know, they want to go into these modes, you are able to come from an empowering uh, place um, yeah. to, to really understand that. So, and in what you're doing, it was totally natural shaping. And, and I really, I think that I do believe, the more I ask this question, the more I, and the answers that I get, the more I believe that our childhood shape, you know, or prepare us to work, whether we liked it or not, <laughs> usually we don't like it when we're in the preparation yeah. mode, you really, because it, 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 it is hard. And then, but in hindsight, we really understand how our strength come from there and yeah. uh, how it really prepares us to really deal with whatever we have to deal with now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all have, uh, divine purpose you yeah. know and we are shaped for that divine purpose yeah for sure. yeah totally i i totally agree with that one <laughs> so and now let's get into the money part of our conversation and mm -hmm. also let's deep dive a little bit into um you know health dynamics because again this series uh, i like to deep dive a little bit about how people are now able to take online some mm. um businesses that were seem to be traditionally only be able to run offline and your yeah, example yeah. is one of the perfect example where health mm -hmm. and being able to see somebody is normally like the prerequisite and mm. now you are able with health dynamic now i'm in london where are you you are somewhere in, uh, <laughs> in australia or somewhere I know. I know. and then you know other people are all over the world and yeah. you are able to, um, you know, operate your magic uh, virtually, you know. Tell yeah. me now, how are you able to take some kind of uh, offline practice to get online? How did that happen for you? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a really turning point for me because I remember having a conversation with Roger and Roger said, the model that you're running is a location-based model. There's no way that you can grow any bigger than your location or acting like service to persons. So you are capped by how many people you can help. And I went, yeah, but I'm happy with how many people I can help. He said, yeah, but what if you could actually make that like very transformational? Mm. And I remember having like this conversation with him. He says, you could take this online and you could do consultations online. I remember, because I'm a supporter profile. So for some of you who don't know what a supporter profile is, they really connected to the people. So the people touch kinesthetic, like that type of feeling is really important for them. 
And I remember being at, uh, at the Wealth Masters, which is a course that he does to help you to build like your business structure. And this is where Health Dynamics was really born. Mm. I had this full-on breakdown, this full-on panic attack. And I never have any problems like that. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And it was like, I had this realization that if I do Health Dynamics, then I lose the connection with people. Mm. And I remember my friend taking me through this process and go, what if you could have health dynamics run in a particular way where yes, you still have the business running, um, you know, and you can still have some connection with people, but you have like retreat programs going and you have like your online art programs going and you have multiple people being helped and healed all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could still have maybe 20 or 30 or 40 people that you are so tightly connected with and you have such an impact to, and then you can have them come to a retreat. And you can change their lives dramatically and magically. What would that feel like for you? And I was like, wow, yeah, that would be amazing, right? So he was painting a picture for me for a compelling future. Mm. But all I could see is that if I'm going to go online, I'm going to lose that tactile connection. Mm. But actually what it's done is it's multiplied the connection because we've created an online uh, program, which is our health dynamics program for 28-day detox. We have created a very dynamic community. Mm. And the community are connecting in lots and lots of different ways. So now they're no longer needing to, well, they still connect with us, but it's not just us. So um, it just shows how things can magically change. Um, And also like people like you and all of our other clients internationally are getting better results than even our local clients because they want it. You know, they have a desire because they've tried everything else and going, well, I need to work with something and they've got a trust with us. So then therefore they are actually actioning it and getting good results. So it was an amazing model to shift, but it wasn't easy. Like it was something that I had to go through, which was my own belief system, Mm. my own belief structure of how I like to work. And I had to, I had Mm. to challenge it, you know? Mm, mm, mm. yes i love that the fact that you know your realization is that you know once you were able to shift your belief and your model Mm. because you only knew that offline model and then you know painting uh, before he painted that compelling future being you know you having the panic attack was oh i'm going to lose what i knew and um, what i love and things like that but actually now Mm. you're able to have that plus the leverage mm. that yeah, because um, if, you, if you talk about that with leverage like mm. our max we've had in our 28 day program is 60 people so this is like one to many so it's still my time like i deliver five webinars and then my doctors do the one-on-one consults but that's five hours of one to many mm. healing that can happen and transformation that can happen with me not even leaving the clinic you know, yeah. or my home. Yeah. Um, so, so you just got to realize that the, the change in the potential that can change when you change your model. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as a result of now being able to run offline and online, or mostly mm-hmm. also online, how that has changed to you in, in the way that you are living your life now um, in, 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 in terms of, you know, what that benefit has given you? Calculating time zone changes, you know, like thinking, is this person awake? You know, um, what time should we do the webinars? Is it going to be a good time for everybody across all the zones? Yes, you know? those are like different problems, right? That's so, you know, um, it, it's definitely because you talk about this 
segment being more about money and business model and mm -hmm. people you know think sometimes as well like you know I know a lot of health practitioners out there think that money is not something that they should make mm. because they should help right the more money you make the more you can help um, and also the more value you can give somebody right the more money they will see the value that is easy to pay you so by give, people giving you money for you giving a huge amount of value it's the best exchange but i never see the money as the exchange i see the transformation as the exchange mm. so when i see all the transformational stories that's actually my paycheck more the dollars are just paying for the business structure and the business model and the practitioners like doing their job and us setting up different things but our real paycheck for practitioners is actually really really seeing the results so i see that the results are much bigger now um, because also it's community based as well so it's transformational and i remember we've got one person who's just finished the detox for the because we have a lot of people repeat the detox because we say do two, two detoxes a year mm -hmm. and she's repeated the detox three times now the reason she came back and did it the next time is because one of the other clients uh, martin who's actually in the uk um, he basically got rid of all of his arthritis in the detox and she's got arthritis. She will, well, if he can, I can, and I haven't done it properly. So mm. I've been cheating. I didn't follow it exactly 100%. Mm -hmm. And she goes, if I follow it 100%, what opportunity could I have? So mm. actually it was the community that gave the transformation more mm. than we did, mm. you know? So mm. that's like the, the power of the change that, that we actually saw the results multiply because of the community. Yeah, I, I can I can tell that is true because actually when you are going through a program just by yourself, you mm. the only thing you can see is just you, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> when you are going with other people, you obviously see what is possible. Other yeah. people also struggle. And the beauty yeah. of a group program, I, I used to be also one of the people that didn't used to understand or value group program before but now i'm much more inclined to go much more like when there is a group program because you have feedback yeah. from other people as well because sometimes when you can't even articulate what is going mm -hmm. with yourself somebody else will be able to have that challenge or being yeah. able to articulate that and then you can relate to that as well but, yeah. you know, when you are just by yourself, you only have your model and that's it. But when you have yeah. 10 people, 20 people, you have 20 other kind of possibility to see different feedback okay. and also support as well, which is beautiful. Actually, yeah, and it opens it. It, it opens up like your GPS. It opens mm. up your, your, your basically your model, not, not even since the model, but your map of what's possible because you've only got this way X, you know, to Y to go. Like, you, you know, this is A to B and you don't even know that there's another way mm. to get there until someone else goes, well, I did it this way or I cooked this or I did this. And I think I remember having a conversation with you when we were having our one-on-one, -on -one. you go, no, 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 group programs are not for me. <laughs> but I think we had that conversation. Yeah. I said, but let me explain to you because it's not only a group program. We also give you an individual doctor. So you mm. do have your own journey. But the power of the group, let me tell you, that's actually the biggest value in this program is the group. 
Yeah, so, I think so. I think you, you got to learn that. <laughs> I, I think so. You know, you have to get in to, to understand that because, again, you know, when your mind's working in a certain way, be, until you get confronted with a new reality, you really don't mm. even understand that that reality exists. So, and I think that it is really beautiful to, uh, you know, go through the experience in order to know us. I think Roger said that you, so entrepreneurs have to do in, in, before, uh, in order to know when academic yeah. when academic know uh in order to do or something like that yeah so in in ayurveda we talk about this as well when my doctors first taught me pulse reading knowing is doing knowing is not knowing ah yeah you must that. do to know yeah you must do to know. <laughs> yes, that's so beautiful so tell me um do you have actually some people still perhaps who um you know you have to convince heavily about your model that is effective to get online um and then um you know they don't have you know they still have some kind of reticence to 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 go through online program so are you talking more about the clients who are resistant yeah both client perhaps and then also some uh, practitioners okay. that yeah, also yeah. perhaps you have to convince that they can yeah. also find the, their online, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. some profit in online space. Totally. We have some clients who are going, no, no, I don't. I'm not into social media. I'm not into this. I'm not into tech. I'm not that savvy. I'm not this, 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 this. And it's quite interesting because um, they, they reject what's happening in the, you know, um, basically the world. It's where it's going. Um, so it's like, trying to teach them to embrace it. We've had some clients do the program who have never actually came onto Facebook, never came onto the social media, but still felt part of the group. So some people still do it in their way, um, but they know they have all these things available to them. So it's at their point where they want to choose to show up or not show up and get the value or not get the value. So that's it. You'll still get the clients who say, no, no, I'm, I'm a one-to-one -one person. We have some people who I've seen in the UK going, thank you so much for introducing me to this beautiful science. I found a local practitioner. I need to work one-to-one -one and have that. Um, I said, no problems, 100%. Still stay in the community because you're still going to learn a lot mm. from just the knowledge that is coming that it will deepen what you're doing with your one-on-one -on -one practitioner. Because like you said, there's so much you learn from a group of people as opposed to just your own individual journey. So we, we do that. The second thing is a practitioner who's more like hippie or airy-fairy, mm. which is also not a problem, right? I'm not judging that. Mm. Like, oh, no, I can't do online. I don't agree with it. I, read, I want to touch and feel that person. And that was like me because she's also a supporter. And I'm like, you're missing an opportunity of really helping people more dynamically. But that's also her choice. So I think people will have their path. And some people, it doesn't matter. Like you can't convince um, if they don't see the power of the reach. But that also may not be their purpose either. Mm. So their purpose may be just to be the person in the room and that's all they want to do. And I think that's fine. You know, some people don't want to have that. So I think we just can't judge where they're at and just let them do their own growth. So mm. Mm. yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> so now <laughs> let's talk about movement. So which mm -hmm. movement are you leading or would like to lead or be part of? Yeah, so I think definitely um, for us is the, um, because if you look at the United Nations goals, um, good health and well-being is definitely our movement um, and also the personalised health movement mm -hmm. so that, you know, everybody has their own personalised health 
path, there is not a one size fits all approach Mm -hmm. and there is not a fad diet to follow. There's a way to reset your digestive system, get it all working and follow your own specific plan for your body type. Yours is different to your friends, to your mothers, to your daughters, to your fathers, to this and this. Find yours, follow it and have your own personalized path. And Sri Sri from The Art of Living says this beautifully. He's a guru. He says, and it's really wonderful because it's about health. Health is a dynamic expression of life. Mm. So if you're not dynamically expressing yourself, and the only way to do that is to live your unique nature, how you were born, not how somebody else is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love also the fact of this personalized health path, because usually when you see outside, there is this type of diet or this type of thing to do and it applies to the mass, right? So, but as we say now, and we understand we are all individual and what is good for me is not good for my sister, it's not good for my brother, it's not good for my mom. And we have all our unique you know, individual path in life. So, yeah. and uh, health is exactly the same thing. Um, so, and then this is something that, yes, usually people just try to apply the same system that work for somebody to somebody else. But mm. I really totally understand now that we all have our individual path in everything. So don't, mm. don't look at what works for somebody. <laughs> As they say, they, they lose the winning formula of somebody is the losing formula to yourself. Yeah, totally, totally. That's exactly right. (laughs) So that's super. So tell me, how do you want to be remembered for? Well, it's really interesting because um, I had a client of mine say to me, there's something, um, you know, and she believes in past lives and all these different things. And, um, you know, I'm not so much, I know that there probably is, but she says, you know, I really believe um, from how I see you, watch you on stage. Um, and I really um, connect with this because a lot of the Ayurvedic doctors who are my mentors have actually even told me this, that you are the light that is going to take Ayurveda to the Western world. Mm. So because you are not Indian um you know they they, she actually believes that i was in a past life was an ayurvedic male doctor and that i've been brought back as a female doctor in a western body um and you she said i was very um successful very well known but i've come back as a western woman um to take ayurveda more into the west so that the people could see it simply and understand it. And even Roger and I discuss this as well. How can we allow people to know this model, which can be quite complex, to be so simple and integrative into their life? Mm. So that if we have the ability to help people to follow their own personalized path, then that's what I'd love to be remembered for. Mm. That we were the light that helped, like lit the candle um, of people to actually discover this for the first time. You know, even little ones, like I was at, my daughter just turned 13 mm. and I had four 13 year olds and we were all talking and Georgia goes to me, mama, tell my friends about their body types. <laughs> you know, there was a vata and a pitta and a kapha body and they go, tell us why. And I said, you're all very different and you should all try not to be like each other. So, you know, um, this one of her friends was more kapha. So she's more laid back. She's more chilled out. The other one was more pitta. She was more like domineering and more like straight. The other one was more like off with the fairies. Like she's more vata, very small, lean body. And it was quite interesting. She's got all three friends, Bada, Peter and Kapha. She's got them all sorted, you know. So, you know, just, just being able to light that candle 
even with little people now, so their body image doesn't have to be affected uh, by the fact that they're judging themselves or comparing themselves to somebody mm. else. I love, I love that, the, the fact, and I love also this idea that you uh, reincarnate as a female, a Westerner now. <laughs> <laughs> I tell the doctors and they laugh. They go, "Oh my god, that makes so much sense." That's you to, for sure. <laughs> to, 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 to spread the, the the word. Why is it important that it has to be a female? I don't know because I think you know, like um, a lot of Ayurveda mm. gurus are known as males, mm. and so therefore, in the Indian culture, is you just do what the males say and especially mm. the doctors I remember sitting with the Ayurvedic doctors and I said why don't these people ask you why why and they, they had this whole thing because the mentors who trained me um Dr. Hammung who's one of um Dr. Smita who's a guru pulse reader and said to her head doctor you are to mentor Joe. whatever she needs you have to mentor her so after like one month he said to Dr. Smita he said Dr. Smita what have I done to you to deserve this? She just asked me question after question after question, but why, but why, but why? Right. And so I like to understand, right. And it's really like I was driving him crazy. And in India, you don't get asked why, you know, you're a doctor. You just get told what to do and they follow you and you don't have to explain anything in a Western country. It's not like that. So Dr. Smita gave me Dr. Hamung to be my mentor. She was very smart. She was training him to be an international doctor. And he, he was like, she was like, if you can handle Joe, you can handle anyone in the Western world <laughs> because she is going to be chewing your brain. And in the traditional text, it actually says how to become a very good doctor is to be so hungry for knowledge. Yeah. So chewing, 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 and chew your guru's brain, basically. Mm. And Dr. Hamon reckons there's no brain left to chew. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, yes, that's fascinating. And I, 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 I would love to see that, uh, you know, unfolding in front of me. And you have already mm-hmm. started anyway uh, with um, what you're doing with health dynamics and uh, which uh, actually I'm sure is going to spread uh, across the world. (laughs) So tell me um, now, um, what did you learn from all your experiences that you most want to transmit to others? Mm, I think the biggest thing is because when I was a young practitioner um, and I, I see practitioners as well today and they are not, necessarily so thirsty for knowledge but I remember when I was young I was sitting because I I worked with all the physios and sports doctors and orthopedic surgeons and stuff whenever I could sit by their side and just listen and watch and learn Mm. from an experienced person you know surround yourself with really great people you know people who are growing people who push you people who hold you to another level people who hold you to another standard um that's probably the biggest thing that i would Mm. say if you're wanting to grow in business um, you've got to be uncomfortable in your learning process Mm. you know because if you're not uncomfortable it's like when you think you know everything you know nothing yes (laughs) so i think that that's probably been the biggest thing for me cool super so if your life was a film or a (laughs) (laughs) which title would that be i would i would say for the chase of the guru Ooh, the chase of right. the guru. So, you know, and that would be um, inside that, that book or, or that film mm. would be all the different gurus that I went to approach to be with 
mm-hmm. um, to learn from, to model, to uh, experience being in their presence. So I'd be in the chase of the guru, which, which gurus were there to form like my life. Cool. And do we have an answer at the end of the book? <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, because if you look at even like Gandhi, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, Gandhi was still chasing guru. Like, mm. you know, he even was a guru, mm. um, but he found guru in people. Mm-hmm. So even those people would always be teaching him. Yeah. So, you know, I think that everybody has like, um, and, you know, people say this, if you don't give 10,000 plus hours, you will mm-hmm. never become a guru at anything. Mm-hmm. So what are you choosing? People are flick, flicking from thing to thing to thing to thing. They never become that master. Yeah. Um, and they always are trying to find what is the thing that they should be, mm-hmm. you know. But if you, if you uh, do your life with, you know, with a guru beside you, and even though you've got to a certain point where that guru, because I've had lots of them, they no longer can teach you any more in where you need to go. You need to move to the next guru um, to keep on growing. So I think, you know, um, it would be that. Yeah. Um, How do you find a guru though? How do you go about finding a guru? <laughs> well, it's funny because um, I've always, um, that there's been many in my life of doctors, especially Ayurvedic doctors who are gurus in themselves, mm. and, um, and then also neurostrategists. So I became um, so interested and so hungry for knowledge mm. that they just love teaching. Mm-hmm. So when they find a student that they love teaching, yeah. then the guru is easy to find. You know, because they can see that, you know, if you have a look at what a teacher means in the, you know, encyclopedia, Mm. is a teacher teaches, a good teacher is someone who has nothing left to teach. Mm. So they've given everything. Mm -hmm. So the fact is, if you find someone who a teacher is wanting to hang on to knowledge, Mm. they actually are not a true teacher. Ah. Because they should have nothing left at the end. They should have given all their knowledge. Wow. (laughs) So, you know, and that's where when I moved on is when I realized that some of them still had knowledge, but they decided not to teach me. Then I went, okay, I need to move on because they're no longer being the teacher. So That's cool. That's lovely. Oh, I'm going to apply that too. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, people are so scared to give knowledge thinking someone's going to steal it because it's knowledge is like gravity. It's not there to steal. Exactly. You can't take it. Like yes. it's there yes. to give. Yes, there. yes. And knowledge, when you give knowledge, again, giving knowledge, that doesn't mean that you don't have any value left. I think that's the problem is that when people yeah. hold on to the knowledge or the piece of knowledge that they think they're going to keep is, oh, the one, this one is the most valuable one that I'm keeping. But actually, in fact, we all know that. Is the application of knowledge that makes a exactly. difference, right? Totally. Um, yes, totally. not the knowledge itself. So that that's beautiful, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that definition of teacher. <laughs> so um, now tell me, finally, uh, what is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life? Oh, okay. Um, this is super important because I look, 
after a lot of people who are very stressed, who mm. don't like work, they don't like life, they, they could be suicidal. I've looked after a lot of people who are suicidal or don't enjoy marriage or don't enjoy, you know, being a parent. There's so many things. Mm. And so I learned in a program called the Happiness Program, which we do in our retreats as well, which is people say, I will be happy when mm-hmm. and they have blah. Like, I'll be happy when I get a house. I'll be happy when I buy this new car. I'll be happy when I have a child. I'll be happy when the child gets to this age. I'll be happy when the child leaves. You know, there's always mm. a, I'll be happy when. when right. Yes. So, you know, choosing that to have a meaningful life is I choose to be happy, you know, because it doesn't matter what is there or what is not there. It's a choice of being that way, you know, and so many people miss that, that they're always thinking about what they don't have or whatever. So therefore there isn't this peace of mind. There isn't this peace of sense of like, I am okay. Just the way I am, you can take everything. I have everything, you know? Um, so when, when I think about a meaningful work and a meaningful life is just being in the moment, like mm-hmm. being in the gap and, you know, it's not always going to be that way, but you've got to remind yourself and also, love what you do, have passion for what you do. You know, um, there was a doctor who, um, an Ayurvedic doctor, unfortunately, one of our um, gurus who just died the other day and he had a massive heart attack um, Mm. as he was in the airport. Mm. And um, he was only young. He was only 62, Mm. but he gave everything to everybody Mm. and didn't take care of himself. Right. Um, but it was so funny is that because his passion for life was to help people. So he died still doing that. You know, he's coming back from a trip of seeing all these patients and whatever. Um, but he had a meaningful life. You know, people who sit there and are on their deathbed and go, like, I, I wish I'd done this. Mm. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done that. I think mm. doing what you want to do and actually just being in action and being happy regardless with not having all these expectations or judgment of anything that is still to come, you know, because while you're still thinking about what is to come, then you're always unhappy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's a very, very beautiful uh, words of wisdom, actually. Yes, give everything you have. Don't hold back. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, and I also had one of my my colleagues who's a doctor as well, and he said, if you have a race, like a 100-meter race, Mm -hmm. and you have, like, one person in the race who gave it 100%, Indeed, really, really well, but that person came third, mm. right? And then you had another person in the race who didn't give his 100%. And he may have come first or he may have come third, second or whatever. And he gets to the end of the race. Mm. Which person do you think is the most happiest with their performance? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always the one who gave everything. And even though he didn't win, he still gave it everything yeah. because it's important at that moment in time, whatever you have to give, give 100%. And then, you know, in your heart, I gave it everything. Wow. That is so beautiful on this beautiful yeah. note. And uh, how can people, um, you know, uh, get in touch with you? And uh, before, you know, um, that, do you have any resources perhaps that listeners should absolutely know about when you know, to live, a, you know, their best life now. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a couple of things which we give, you know, as free resources. So we have the personalized health movement 
Facebook group. So that's a group that anybody can come into. It's a free group. Um, and we have our Health Dynamics um, 360 uh, website, healthdynamics360.com um, is a website that we have, which is people can find out their health spectrum test, which means it's free. You can find out what stage of disease process that you are. Um, or health that you are and then we then it goes on and we do the health dynamics test and then there's other programs and stuff that we do as well but I would say if you want to get in touch you know look at our Facebook group we always give heaps and heaps of value lots of home remedies lots of you know different things and really build a com um, the community of actually shifting your health to a whole nother level what's the the Facebook page again that they can go on so um... pers personalized health movement Personal health health movement. Movement. Yeah. I'm going to put yeah. that in the show notes. Okay, great. So, and then You're how welcome. people can reach you and learn more about, you say that, again, they can go on to the Health Dynamics uh, Dynamics. website as well. Yeah, yeah. So go healthdynamics360.com um, and you can reach out to our team or you can even just search us in Facebook, look for Joe Formosa um, and our team is always there uh, checking those messages and different things like that as well. So. Thank you so much, Joe. Uh, this uh, conversation was awesome. I expected oh. that and I am <laughs> so glad that we finally had this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom My with pleasure. our listeners. My pleasure. And thank you for your, your lovely host and hospitality, hospitality and the fact that you have so much using to help people. It's just so awesome to see as well. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. <laughs> and see you soon. <laughs> see you, darling. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. If you are ready to discover how to develop your unique value and become a leading voice in your industry in today's fast-moving marketplace, make more money and make a bigger impact, I invite you to book a call with me today to discuss your objectives at francinebelli.com slash call. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash call. Thank you for listening. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work and Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast with all the references and the resources shared on this show. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, Share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Make sure also you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes and leave me an honest review because it will mean that I will be able to touch more people who are going to be able to see this podcast in front of them. I will see you next week for another brand new episode of this season six. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.